Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. Hello everyone and welcome to the September edition of Let's Talk Fleet Risk. Increasingly, good management of work-related road risk is becoming a prerequisite for winning new work with the power of procurement being used to drive up standards through supply chains and even across entire sectors. Rail is one such sector where this approach is being rolled out. My guest for this episode is Tavid Dobson, who's the road risk lead for RSSB, the Rail Safety and Standards Board. Tavid is leading efforts to get rail sector organisations, including Network Rail, train and freight operating companies and construction firms to collaborate on an innovative project to improve road risk management across an entire industry. National Highways and the Driving for Better Business programme are working closely with Tavid to ensure its success. Tavid, welcome to the show. Thank you, Simon. Nice to be here. So my my first question really is, um, everyone probably understands that the railways can be a dangerous environment to work in. So what does safety management mean in in the rail industry? Well, safety management systems and their applications to energy is incredibly important, as you just highlighted. It's a very dangerous and significant environment with lots of engineering and, and lots of passengers moving around. I think you, know, you have to recognise that there were we have lots of in- incidences many years ago, like the King's Cross fire and Clapham Junction, which had given focus really to ensure that we start to manage the very risks and the causations of those risks on the railway. So we now have quite a mature approach to risk management. And I have to be honest and say that the road area is perhaps something that we haven't looked at until recently. David, when we talk about the rail sector, obviously we think of, of trains and there's obvious risks aligned with those, but... What are the typical road risks that need to be managed within the rail sector? Um, this is a very interesting question, and I've been asked this many, many times. I think there's a general assumption sometimes that it's just about road fleets. Um, the rail industry has some quite unique uh, road risk profiles to address. Um, taxis, the procurement of taxis, the procurement of replacement buses. Uh, there are road fleets, obviously, and Network Rail has a, a road fleet of 10,000 vehicles. And obviously there's the road fleets and uh, within each of the supply chain areas. But there's also grey fleet, people are using two wheels. So there's a whole range of different areas which we have to take account of. And obviously the, the, the sort of the processes and procedures and standards that we're looking at will need to be able to address all of those. Now I've worked with, with businesses in other traditionally hazardous industries such as energy production or um, quite dangerous manufacturing processes and um, it can be quite common for business leaders and safety professionals to focus solely on the hazardous elements of that work and then they either forget or fail to see the level of risk involved in driving they think well we're you know this is the important bit how, how dangerous can driving be what's driven the increase in focus on road risk within rail I think there's been a number of key areas that have come to light, and I think um, it's been activated by things like Cyrus, who identified that uh, the issues were around fatigue. We've also had a number of fatalities, which have been investigated, notably by the ORR recently. So I think we've started to realise that road risk is a significant issue, particularly when we're killing more of our own staff on the roads than we are on the railway itself. What's what's the sort of split between uh, incidents on road and, and rail within the sector 
Well, this is quite a difficult one to pin down, I'm afraid, because the data that we have is quite poor. This is, you know, influenced, I think, by even as far as the DFT in terms of how the STAT-19 certificate information is provided, but also within our own safety management information system, it's very difficult to get accurate and clear records. So quite a lot of it is anecdotal, and we need to encourage companies to provide us with the data. So in the introduction, I talked about this as a as a collaborative project, and I know collaboration is is one of your real focuses uh, for, for this kind of work. So how are you involving the different areas of, of the rail sector to make sure we get the right approach to, as an industry-wide approach? Well, the industry has a strategy called Leading Health and Safety on British Railways, and road risk is one of 12 significant risk areas which the industry has decided where we can benefit from collaboration amongst all the parties. We set up a, a road risk group uh, a number of years ago now to be a sort of forum to bring all the parties together. And what we've started to do is to introduce sector road risk groups to encourage companies and members to collaborate together, to share and to learn and generate good practice for helping to reduce and manage effective road risk management. So I, I sit on that uh, one of those groups, uh, as do some of my colleagues from National Highways, and it's a really insightful place to be because we're you know we across those groups we've got dozens of people from a huge range of different organisations all contributing different viewpoints to that um, viewpoints of often that you wouldn't have thought of because you don't have the same experience that they have so it's providing a real benefit to a complete understanding of of what that risk is about how it arises and the best options for um for, for implementing solutions isn't it it is and i think you know whilst the focus is around each of the railway sectors and as you quite rightly pointed out with network rail as the infrastructure manager train operating companies freight operating companies and increasingly the supply chain and the contractors you know, what we've tried to do is put around these people a whole range of experts from insurance companies to the regulators from both the ORR and HSE, and together with other sort of benchmarking partners like TFL and HS2. And this gives us a healthy environment to start sharing good practice, but also it allows us to get better analysis so that we're better informed on the types of improvement programs that we can focus across these rail sectors. And there is no one size fits all. Each sector has quite a unique range of risks which it's trying to manage in this area. So for tox sector and the and the trade and the freight sector, very much around taxis um, uh, and replacement buses, with the supply chain, obviously the movement of workers using minibuses and, and other uh, light, light goods vehicles, and network rail, you know, it has its own fleet of you know, nearly 10,000 vehicles. So all these sectors require different things to help them manage those risks. And the idea is to you know, distill that, if you like, bring it all together. And working with the Drive Better Business team, we've now got a good solutions provider to provide that sort of one-stop shop where everyone can go and know that they're going to get good guidance and, and, and good information to help them manage the risk. So, and what do you see the contribution of driving for better business being to this project? I mean, we've been working on this for, together for for some time now, you know, quite a few years. Um, what do you see as the contribution driving for better business can bring to this project? Oh, immense! You know, the railway industry—we're very focused on the railway, and uh, you know, we even refer to road vehicles as non-rail vehicles. So, I was very pleased that we were able to develop that partnership. I, I think of national highways. 
uh, as essentially the landlord of the of the roads and the driving better business program it was funded by the dft but you know a lot of the key work that's done to provide that key information is driven by the driving better business team um and you're right we've been very privileged to be uh, uh, you know have that opportunity to help to grow uh, and develop the system and program to help the rail industry and particularly around this collaborative framework which we've been building uh, i mean i would like to point out too that you know we've been very lucky to have uh, one of the driver better business representatives as our rail industry representative who is uh, now embedded in some of the sector road risk groups providing that information and guidance directly to those teams and i think that's a hugely beneficial thing isn't it it really works uh as far as driving across what needs to happen how how people should be viewing work-related road risk because as, as I said earlier it's very easy for people in a hazardous industry to not fully understand the level of road risk so that direct involvement with some of the DFBB team working closely with the various uh, partners in this collaboration and helping them understand what needs what, what what's the best way of, of approaching this issue that's really worked well hasn't it? It has. And I think you know, one of the big areas for me um, is seeing the increase in understanding by the safety management teams. You know, road risk, after all, is a health and safety risk. Um, and, you know, we need to make sure that the safety management systems that companies are operating are properly addressing this particular risk. It is significant. Um, and, you know, but to be fair, it's a, it's a, a cultural change in behaviours that we are trying to in, introduce. And, you know, it's a slow process, like all this, like change always is. Um, but with better data and better knowledge and better experience, you know, we're starting now to to influence uh, areas like fatigue management, working hours, uh, you know, making sure that journeys are planned better. You know, there are significant changes that are coming underway, which will help to to raise that effectiveness. Yeah. Um. We, at Driving for Better Business, we developed this seven-step framework to help um, risk managers and fleet operators, driver managers, work through the necessary steps to improve work-related road risk management. And that starts from ra you know, raising your own awareness of the issues that you need to deal with, understanding uh, baseline points of where you are now, whether there are any gaps in your management uh, systems, how to improve the culture by sharing resources and, and raising awareness within the business and constantly measuring and monitoring what you're doing. And then right up to the point where you can start to see benefits and share that as a story to inspire others to do the same. Now, what many people won't realise is that, that seven-step framework actually was born out of the work we've been doing together um, to develop the approach for the rail sector. So with that in mind, how are you now looking to sort of communicate that out through the rail sector and and get those businesses on board to sort of start working through that that framework um yes thank you and have it's been very insightful work indeed um i think there are three key areas which which for me support the seven steps um the first is the charter which we've introduced the occupational road risk management charter which is a, a commitment statement by each of the MDs and CEOs of rail companies. And this is to, to commit them and their companies and organizations to, to signing up and using the Drive Better Business program. So that's a significant uh, introduction of, of, of commitment, of leadership, the ability to support the resources necessary to make it happen. So that's a really important step. 
The second one is the introduction of the rail sector page on the Drive Better Business programme. Uh, and, and now the introduction of portals, which will help each company to be able to focus the you know the, the good the good guidance and practice which is in the Dive Bit of Business program to make sure it's funneled and, and properly directed to the resources within their own company. And the third one is the appointment of road risk champions. We're very keen to make sure that the collaboration arrangements that we set up, that we identify each representative for each company so that we're able to communicate directly with them on railway matters as well, like analysis and research, and to get better use of the Driving Better Business programme. And those road risk champions, I think, are really important. And is that that's something that other businesses and other sectors could easily pick up, isn't it? Because it's what we're trying to do is identify uh, someone within, or the company identifies someone within that business who takes on the responsibility of ensuring that all of these actions are met, that they're, they're responsible for leading the engagement with senior managers and with drivers and, and championing this issue throughout the whole business and getting them to take it seriously and being their liaison with the rail uh, industry a lot of these people are going to be expected to sort of sit on some of these groups and, and share practice and stories with their counterparts in other businesses aren't they as well it's, it's a really key position that it is a significant function and and you know sometimes you know you'll remember back in the day when we put the seven steps together you know it's only really works if somebody understands what those seven steps are and more importantly, understands how to communicate the information necessary to make it happen. The Roadless Champion is a significant role. Um, and, you know, as we work and move forward, we will develop competencies and training around this individual. But you're right, they're key to the rail industry. They do sit on the sector road risk groups. It does feed back into the, the, the main road risk groups so that we have that point of contact. Um, and, you know, these guys are absolutely the key to making sure that that we get that sort of raised awareness of of the risk and also the ability to make sure that it's rolled out across their own companies what what do you see as the key um sort of next steps within that this now because we've we've got to a point now where we've developed we've done a lot of the work behind it we've developed a lot of the program we're we're, we're really starting to get that engagement going uh, now with the businesses the you know the roadless champions that have been identified are contributing um their thought processes to this and helping drive it forward where where's the focus at this particular point in the project so i will bedding down the the, the the sector road risk groups um the rail industry now has three out of the four set up. There's one more two to do with the passenger operator sector. Um, and once they're in place, then we've got the opportunity then to start directly communicating with them. So in January, this uh, coming year, January 23, we're launching an annual benchmarking uh, assessment using the Drive Bit of Business Gap Analysis tool. So they were able to gather that analysis to determine where each company can then determine what it needs to do itself to improve the, the way that it's managing occupational road risk. But also that means we can help the sectors to understand what they can work on together to address issues within their own sector and nationally. So we get a picture of, of how the, where, the, where the overall benefits are that we could in, introduce to the industry as a whole. So it's a very powerful way forward and that will give us the opportunity then to, to engage with industry to get that commitment to roll out the sort of continuous improvement that we're looking for. 
And it is quite an ambitious project with, you know, with, with strong um, sort of goals in, in improvements in risk management and reductions in incidents and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of effort gone into this. How, how is it going to be evaluated? How, how is RSSB going to sort of monitor the, the rollout and the effectiveness of the programme over the coming years? <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, again, with the Rotary's champions in place, we have the opportunity to directly have those communications and help to support them. Um, as I mentioned, we, we have uh, luckily got a driving bit of business rail industry representative working with us. Yeah, but we have a whole team and and you know what we're trying to do is make sure that through the sector groups uh, that, that each 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 rail company has that opportunity to to contribute and work with us now much of the analysis will be done through survey and through those sector groups um, and some of it will look specifically at particular areas so you know, one of the key ones we're looking at is accident investigation uh, we, you know the best way to improve and prevent incidents from happening again is to investigate them properly and to share those findings and that's an area of great weakness at the moment. And, you know, and we recognise that if we can improve that, we definitely have the opportunity to make further improvements in the effective management of road risk. As we uh, sort of start to wrap this up then, Tavid, I think a, a, a good final question for you for this would be, there's a lot of work gone into this collaborative project over the last few years. What lessons do you think other business sectors or other companies within different sectors could could learn from the work that we've done i think the biggest lesson is the willingness to have the conversation and to share data and good practice i think everybody recognizes that road risk is a risk that we all do we all drive cars not just uh, around but also i guess in some cases for work and therefore everybody thinks they they understand the risk the fact is that we kill more people on the roads through work than any other workforce related type of incident. And therefore it's time that we, we got, you know, we helped businesses to recognize the significant impact it has, not just on their business, but also on their workforce and on the public. So my lessons are get engage, get engaged, and particularly with drive better business. I'm not doing a big sale here, but they have a great team. They're there to answer questions. And, you know, I've been very lucky that I've had the opportunity to work with them closely over the last sort of five years. And, and that's what I've brought is the benefit of their knowledge and expertise. Tavid, it's been a great pleasure working with you uh, and all our colleagues on this project. It's a, it's a fascinating project to work on. And I think we've done some really good work and I'm looking forward to continuing that work over the coming years. So thank you very much for being my guest today. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. If you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast, there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website, and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released, and please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode.
Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.